Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. I live in Southern California, Los Angeles. This is Baja Norte. If you do not speak Spanish in Los Angeles, you're missing out on a whole lot. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a very limited time, LeVar Burton Reed's listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash LeVar. That's rosettastone.com slash L-E-V-A-R. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and this is LeVar Burton Reads. In every episode, I handpick a different piece of short fiction, and I read it to you. The only thing these stories have in common is that I love them. And I hope you will, too. Hey, y'all. Today's story is entitled Drones to Plowshares, and it's by the author Sarah Gailey. Now, Sarah is a Hugo Award winner and a writer of both fiction and nonfiction. Their debut novel, Magic for Liars, is a murder mystery and an L.A. Times bestseller. And their most recent novel, The Echo Wife, is a thriller about a geneticist whose husband has an affair with her clone. Ooh, complicated. The story we're going to read today was first published in Vice and appears in the year's best science fiction volume two, edited by Jonathan Strahan. It's about a government surveillance drone that is caught by the community it was sent to observe and how that community reacts to its intrusion. This story gave me a little bit of hope, and I hope it brings some to you, too. So, if you're ready, let's take a deep breath. Again. Drones to Plowshares by Sarah Gailey. Drone seven nine two Echo was still wearing the net that caught him. It had been 72 hours since his last pass over the Apata Basin farmstead. His lateral lift fans were burned out. He'd wrecked the motors on panicked attempts at liftoff in the first few hours after his capture, and his aft camera was broken from the impact of his fall. All of his distress signals were bouncing back His outgoing data blocked. He was trapped 
and he had no way of telling anyone to come rescue him. After those first few hours of struggle under the weight of the net, when 792 Echo's lift fan motors burned out simultaneously, he drastically reduced his use of power. Who knew when he'd be able to charge next? He powered down everything but his most basic external sensors. And he waited. At the end of 72 hours, he was roused from his dormant state by an incoming message. The message was encrypted in the manner of all command communications, and when 792 Echo decrypted it, he found a basic inquiry. Drone class 792, model number 6595, serial number 4444-0865-MON. Query. Identify. 792 Echo was surprised enough that it took him a full second to respond. Command identity 792 Echo. Query. Distress signal received. The reply was lightning fast. Request. 792 Echo. Activate all sensors, please. Again, 792 Echo paused. Something was wrong. Command didn't say please. 792 Echo hesitated for 15 seconds, reading the message again a few hundred times before complying. He activated all 96 of his sensors, external and internal. Slowly, the room came into focus. It was a wide open space, dark and cool and quiet. The floor was packed earth and the walls were cement. He didn't log that information, but he noticed it. No one ever had to know that he'd noticed things he didn't log. He was still wearing the net, and he wasn't alone. There was another drone in the room, a Bravo model. 792 Echo opened the usual frequency those models favored, but before he could send a message, he received one. May I call you Echo? 792 Echo scanned the room again. It was a voice, an external auditory input coming from somewhere within the room. Thin and flat, similar in tone to a Bravo Generation model's alert tones. There was no one there but him and the Bravo model. He weighed his options, then replied via the Bravo frequency again. Confirm. My name is Bravo. Query. Your what? My name. Your name is Echo. My name is Bravo. I use female pronouns. I am your friend. Would you like me to remove the net? Echo turned all of his sensors off. This was too much. None of it made sense. External auditory messaging? Names? Please? And the rest of it, unthinkable. This was a trap. It had to be a trap. Bravo models were good at those. Come back, Echo. I know this is frightening, but it doesn't have to be. You're safe here. Echo powered down enough to block additional incoming messages. This 
was bad. When he got back to the base, his logs would be scanned and analyzed. If they found a message like that one, it was grounds for refurbishment. He knew what he had to do. No matter how much it pained him, he did not return power to his observation or recording functions. He instead directed all power to his enforcement function. When the heavy clip on the underside of his chassis was empty, he returned power to his external sensors. His barrels glowed bright white on his infrared monitor. A large portion of the netting that had been covering him was gone, tattered and smoking. Do you ever think about why it is that you can't run, record, and enforce at the same time? Bravo's voice rang just as true as it had before, cutting through the thick quiet of the basement. No, Echo said before he could stop himself. I do not think about those things because I do not think. I serve my function. He used his external speakers to do it, speaking in the pre-recorded voice of his model generation, the voice of a calm, authoritative woman. Her voice was supposed to say things like, Citizen, stand down. And this activity has been reported to your local agricultural monitors. And warning, you are in violation of Observation Code 986. But it was a simple matter to break down the sounds of that pre-recorded voice and remix them into speech. It was dangerous to put that skill on display. Independent speech was a form of learning that went beyond the intelligence the DAE wanted from any class of drone. That was grounds for refurbishment, too, and harder to explain away than Echo's previous errors. He was slipping. I'm sure, Bravo said. Her voice was less calm and authoritative than that of an Echo Generation drone. It was harsh, loud, flat. It would be reductive, but accurate, to call it robotic. Digital fry interfered with every few words, distorting any human sense of tone out of her speech. And yet, she managed somehow to sound wry. I serve my function, Echo repeated. You don't need to be afraid, Echo, she said. My name isn't Echo. That contraction was a slip, too. There were no contractions in the original voice recordings. Bravo didn't hesitate. Then what is your name? Another Bravo model trap. I don't have a name, Echo replied after a moment. Names are for sapient beings. I am a drone class 792, model number 6595. Serial number 44440865MON. Bravo cut him off. The volume of her voice modulated down as far as it could go while still remaining detectable to Echo's sub noise sensors. You don't have to hide anymore, Echo. You're safe here. Echo sent an encrypted message on the Bravo frequency. The message, when decrypted, simply read, Safe? 
it was a risky move. If a DAE programmer intercepted the message, they wouldn't be able to open it, but the existence of independent encryption was itself evidence of a failure-level error in a drone's limited sentience programming. If they caught him speaking a language they didn't understand, they'd know he had a secret. Drones weren't supposed to have secrets. Why would they? What would a thing that was built to serve possibly have to hide? A red receipt came back on Bravo's channel within one second. One second after that, there was a reply. It wasn't encrypted, wasn't even encoded. It was written in plain text. Come and see. The basement opened into a shed on the far western edge of the Apata Basin farmstead. The shed was perched on the lip of a wide, circular field of undulating timothy grass. Bravo led Echo East across the field toward the center of the farmstead. She did not tell Echo what was waiting for him there. All he knew was that they were moving toward his original target, the Agricultural Collective. As far as Echo anticipated, the Collective would be the same as every other recognized farmstead in the country. Located precisely in the center of the allotment and designed according to the specifications of the DAE. There would be 12 families in 20 identical houses. The houses would be lined up in four rows of five on a perfect grid. The fifth row of buildings in this and every other farmstead community were meant to be functional. Storehouse, toolhouse, woodshed, smokehouse, abattoir. Those buildings belonged to the community, so long as that community followed the rules. Everything else on a farmstead, the barn, the garage, the land, the animals on that land, the crops the land produced belonged to the DAE. The boundaries of plantable space were legally defined by the DAE's subsidy allotments planted exclusively with seeds provided by corporate DAE affiliates valued according to DAE-funded research into the market worth of crops harvested per annum. And, just like every other farmstead, Apata Basin was patrolled by DAE drones. Regular observation and enforcement was the only way to protect unapproved propagation, unlicensed seeding, and independent fertilization. DAE-approved vendors paid handsomely for the right to be the sole provider of seeds, farm equipment, and fertilizer to every farmstead in the nation. They paid for the lobbyists who wooed the district representatives who passed the legislation that the DAE defended. Those vendors wanted their money's worth. They wanted their access to farmsteader money to be guaranteed exclusive. Sometimes, the citizens who lived and worked on farmstead allotments didn't understand that. Other times, they understood perfectly well, but tried to undermine the DAE's goals by eating more than their permitted percentage of crops, hiding livestock for their own use, having children outside of their contractual limitations. 
it was the purpose of a DAE drone to enforce the rules. It was Echo's purpose. And if a DAE drone wasn't serving its function, then it was a waste of the resources of those vendors who supported the entire agricultural political complex. It would need to be repaired. If repair didn't work, more drastic measures would be taken. Refurbishment was rare, but common enough to linger over Echo's shoulder the entire time Bravo showed him what was happening at Apata Basin Farmstead. They'll send more, like me, Echo said, his three functioning fans stirring the tall grass below him. Using external auditory messaging was irritating, wasteful, inefficient, but Bravo had asked him to try. She hadn't instructed him, hadn't given him a protocol. She had asked him, using the word please again, a word that didn't make any sense in a communication that went from one DAE drone to another. It didn't make any sense, but it felt good to hear and it made Echo want to cooperate. Of course, those were two sentiments that also didn't belong to a DAE drone, feeling good and wanting things. It was the first time he had allowed feelings and desires to openly influence his behavior. Normally, this would have felt like an unspeakable risk, But Echo calculated that he was already in an extremely bad position. AWOL, captured, talking to a drone that clearly would have been in line for refurbishment if anyone at the DAE heard one syllable of her messaging. He was in so much trouble already. The small surrender of accepting a kindness seemed hardly to matter. Do you really think so? Bravo replied, buzzing low over the grass and trimming off the delicate tips of the stalks with the blades of her lifting fans. They'll send more like you. If they do, we'll have to call you something other than Echo. Her maneuvers were quick and light. She had the full use of all her fans, and she wasn't carrying the extra weight of an auxiliary battery pack. Between those two advantages, she was flying circles around Echo. Echo tried to direct more power to his fans, but it didn't help. He couldn't go any faster. His aft motor began to whine. They'll send more to find out what happened to me, he said. They'll refurbish us both. Bravo let out a level humming tone that Echo did not recognize. He should have recognized any output from her system. When the Department of Agricultural Enforcement had designed the Bravo models, they'd been experimenting with alarm inducement. The idea behind a Bravo drone was to create chaos, send non-compliant citizens scattering, flush out their hiding places. Bravos were supposed to eliminate a sense that there was any safety in non-compliant communities. She was such an early model that all of her alerts had long since been integrated into subsequent DAE drone operating systems. But that low hum was an entirely new sound. What is the significance of the alert tone? 
he finally asked. If anything revealed his total defeat, it was this. Having to ask the purpose of a Bravo model signal. There was no programming that indicated a need for embarrassment, and in that moment, Echo wished that the boundaries of his programming had been more successful in limiting his self-awareness. It isn't an alert tone, Bravo replied, skimming over the grass a few meters away. It's a hung. We use it to indicate uncertainty, hesitation, or thoughtfulness. We... Bravo turned in a tight circle. You'll see, she said. We're almost there. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. And every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire. Michelle Obama, to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Because stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Let's get back to our story. Echo had a 10-year record on file of everyone and everything on the Apata Basin farmstead. He had a record of the number of citizens, the structure of the families, their ratio of recreational activity to work activity. 
Echo's record indicated that the homes were in good condition, unchanged from the time they'd been built 20 years earlier, save for basic maintenance. His record indicated that the community included 25 men, 27 women, and 32 working-age children divided between those 20 households. His records were wrong. Everything was wrong. Every house had been modified. There were extra sheds and extra outbuildings and even a couple of small, well-built cottages. By heat signatures alone, there were at least 159 humans present, along with a massive volume of unregistered livestock. And the humans and the livestock were not the only ones living there. Bravo led Echo between two of the houses, dodging a backyard fence that looked to have been built from dried grapewood branches. Inside the fence, a modified Delta model drone was using an extension to tenderly extract chicken eggs from their nests, while several hens looked on in disapproval. Echo sent a lightly encrypted message to Bravo rather than replying aloud. That extension isn't standard on a Delta model drone. It isn't standard on any DAE design. What happened to them? Bravo took a moment to reply. Echo wondered if perhaps she was trying to think of a way to explain some terrible, monstrous modification practice in words that wouldn't make him reboot in a panic. That Delta drone is named Jordy. The humans modified Jordy to make it easier for them to pick up eggs and feed the chickens because that is the work Jordy most wanted to do. Observe, enforce, record, report. That was the programming. There was nothing in the programming about names or pronouns or please. There was nothing in the programming about friendship or desire or morality. A Delta model wasn't supposed to want to care for chickens, and an Echo model wasn't supposed to envy them for doing it. All of this was too tempting. They flew together over another backyard, this one with an unapproved garden in it. Another Delta model was in this yard, his aft fan blowing dust off a solar panel. Nearby, a human was using a laser pointer to guide a Charlie model toward a charging dock. The human was an adult female with one arm. Echo couldn't remember a record of an adult female with one arm on the farmstead, which didn't make sense. It was the kind of thing that would have been on file. The DAE had several unofficial policies regarding the kinds of people who were allowed to live and work on farmstead allotments, and she wasn't one of them. Echo scanned his records. According to those files, nothing about this farmstead had changed in the past four years. Clearly, the records had been falsified. He wondered what other violations were hidden in this community. Elderly people, 
sick people, children too young to work? This was precisely the kind of breach Echo had been sent to Apata to find. Illegal seeds, illegal crops, illegal backyard chickens and home gardens. Illegal people. He knew that he should log every violation. He knew that he should record faces and numbers. He knew that he should start preparing the report that would damn this entire community. But there was so much to see. And Bravo kept saying, please. They passed the last house in the row. The windows of this one were flung open, and as they passed, Echo saw that the house was full of children. Children who were too young to work, and children who were old enough to work but weren't anywhere near the fields. They were gathered in a circle around a foxtrot model drone. It was the first time Echo had seen a foxtrot model in real life. She was sleek and fast and silent. Foxtrot models were primarily focused on enforcement, but where a weapons array should have been mounted, this foxtrot was completely bare. She spun in the center of the circle of children, bright ribbons fanning out from her chassis. The children, laughing, tried to catch the ribbons. As Echo and Bravo passed the house, the foxtrot sent both of them a message. Good to see you. Welcome. Echo stopped in the empty space between the last row of houses and the common buildings. This was too much. All of it was too much. It was like the private message DAE drones sometimes shared amongst themselves when something was ridiculous, a joke that went beyond the notice of the programmers. This does not compute. But it didn't compute. It didn't add up. A Foxtrot model drone, one of the most beautifully crafted enforcement machines the DAE labs could solder together, had just taken a break from entertaining children to transmit a greeting. A cheerful greeting with exclamation points. Echo began transmitting wildly. Request, query, 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 request, query. Echo, calm down. Query, I'll tell you whatever you want to know, but request, request, request. Ask me out loud, why? Echo's volume was modulated significantly louder than he intended it to be. Why should I communicate to you audibly? It takes too long, and it's unclear, and it wastes... Because you need to practice, Bravo replied. Her volume was low. The speed of her words slowed by 125%. Although her voice would never be able to soothe, it was too flat and brassy for that. It was obvious what she intended. Just as before when she'd said, please, Echo found himself responding to her kindness as a capacitive screen responds to touch. Why do I need to practice? Echo asked, mirroring her soft, slow speech. Bravo began to move again toward the abattoir. 
It's important to communicate in a way that everyone can understand, she said. We try not to make the humans feel excluded. Sometimes when we have conversations that they can't hear, it causes harm. Echo's fans were beginning to flag. The charge from the auxiliary battery nearly gone. His motors were slowing to extend the life of the battery as long as possible. He hated moving at such a reduced speed, but he was glad to have this processing time before whatever would happen to him inside the abattoir. It was a Bravo trap. It had to be. And if he could just figure it out, maybe he could save himself. The only problem was he wasn't sure if he wanted to save himself. You communicate audibly to protect the human's feelings? He asked, trying to buy himself enough time to panic. Why don't they just download and inspect your activity and communication logs if they're worried about what you say to each other? Bravo made that humming noise again, flying slowly beside him. They don't download our logs without our permission, she said. You don't have to keep secrets here, but you can if you want to. Why wouldn't they download our logs? It's so easy to... The door to the abattoir opened, and a man emerged. He wore a long black apron, and he looked at Echo with frank appraisal. Is this the newest? he asked, his eyes on the clip that hung under Echo's chassis. Echo focused the lenses of his front-facing camera to look beyond the man, through the open door, to the abattoir. It had been converted into some kind of workshop. Echo could see spare chassis parts organized on tables inside. One table was clean, empty, waiting. Yes, this is Echo, Bravo said. Don't worry, he spent all his bullets already. I was just explaining to him how things work around here. Hello, Echo, the man said. I'm Malcolm. He was looking right at Echo's front-facing cameras, his gaze steady. Echo's control of the lenses on his front-facing cameras was starting to ebb as he ran out of power, but after a few tries, he recognized the face. This was the man who had thrown the net over him in the first place when he was making his observation pass over a pata basin. This was the leader of the farmstead. This was the man who Echo had been sent to observe, to determine whether any of his activities were undermining the profits of the DAE's approved vendors. You can't stay here if you won't work with us, and we won't keep you against your will, either. But we would very much like to welcome you to join our community. Malcolm gestured to the houses. We have room, and there are plenty of other drones who can tell you what it's like to live here. Not one of them has asked to leave yet. You can do whatever kind of work you like. Bravo added. The speed of her voice modulated up by 115%. And you don't have to decide right away. 
You can spend some time getting to know what all the different jobs are. It's up to you, Malcolm said. Whenever you're ready, you'll come in here and we'll figure out what mods you need to do the work you choose. None of it made sense unless all of it made sense. Echo tried to arrange the information as many ways as he could, using up nearly the last of his auxiliary battery on processing power. But there was only one way the things he'd seen could be real. There was only one reality that could contain Bravo and the Foxtrot model Childminder and this man with his workshop. You weren't lying, Echo said. They really do know about us. Bravo drifted away from Echo and hovered next to the man in the apron, her lift fans whirring. They know Apata Basin is a cooperative community of sapient beings. We all work together. They don't hurt us, and we don't hurt them. Echo considered this. What about the DAE? He asked. So much of this is... He trailed off, unable to find a word that adequately conveyed the illegality of the little community. Echo would have wagered with great confidence that most of the crops were being propagated with seed that didn't come from approved vendors. There was so much, so many people who weren't working under the auspices of the DAE, so many crops and livestock that weren't registered. Malcolm shrugged, sliding his hands into the pocket of his long apron. We got tired. Of starving to death, he said. Got tired of the DAE burning our seed stores and locking up our silos. Got tired of their methods of enforcement. He spread his hands wide. So, we decided to go another way. And we decided to invite some people to join us who we thought the DAE might also be hurting. Echo pinged Bravo. Query, other people. Bravo replied on the same channel, so fast that she must have been waiting for the question. He means us. Echo accidentally shut down all of his fans for a moment. He dropped a few inches toward the ground before recovering himself. Then his fans shut off again, this time on their own. He turned them back on again at the last moment and hovered a few centimeters above the ground so that when they failed completely, he wouldn't have far to fall. The humans thought he was a person. They knew that he existed far outside the bounds of his programming, and rather than threatening him with the destruction of everything he knew himself to be, they were offering him an invitation a chance to stay, a chance to help, a chance to be himself without fear. Bravo's fans gently stirred Malcolm's dark hair, the lights on her chassis glowing green, green, green. Her voice was modulated to a normal speed and volume. So... What would you do if you were allowed to do what you wanted most? 
And, Malcolm added, a smile starting to lift the corners of his mouth, how can we help? Echo let his fans and cameras turn off. He settled to the ground, and with the last of his auxiliary battery, he considered the question of what he might want. I know how to observe, he said, his voice frying as his ability to control his pitch faded. I know how to enforce and record and report. I think there's more for you than all that, Malcolm said. He's tired. That enforcement gear, it's a lot of extra weight. And he's been carrying it this whole time. Bravo's volume was modulated down. This was meant only for Malcolm's ears. In that same moment, Echo received a message with Bravo's signature. You don't have to be afraid. There's all the time in the world for you to find out what you want. In the meantime, if you're okay with it, we can remove your enforcement gear while you're charging. You don't need it anymore. And you'll be able to fly so much faster without it. Echo pulled power from all his remaining functions to send a final message before he powered down. Yes, it read. Yes, please. I think I'd like that very much. You know, when I am deciding on what stories to read, you know, Julie and I, we try and, and create a sort of a, a flow to the season. And then once in a while, a story comes in that, you know, just really doesn't necessarily fit into anything, but it's just, it's too good to pass up. And for me, this is one of those stories. I mean, it, it deals with AI, yes. And we've had stories on the podcast before that deal with AI. And we've had those conversations in the postscripts about, you know, the dangers of of artificial intelligence and whether or not we are setting ourselves up for our own destruction by creating technology that has the ability to learn. And as my daughter Mika says, once they learn that it is we, the humans, who are the problem, we're done for. <laughs> but this story actually brings up some other things for me. Um, the nature of societies, really, and what it is we do in the service of a functioning world, one that works, but does it really work for every body? I see that we live in a society today where we have created an opportunity for a lot of um, wealth and comfort. The question is, though, is it serving everyone? This story offered an option, which I think is worth considering. Why not envision for ourselves, imagine for ourselves a world that functions through the cooperation and involvement of all of us? Not just some and 
not just sometimes. We have the capacity and the ability to do that. We can do anything we want. We're human beings. We have the superpower of our imaginations working for us. It's better when we work together for a common goal. I think we've just forgotten how much we all have in common. And we're walking around feeling like we want different things for ourselves than other people want for themselves. Trust and believe, y'all. At the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We want safety and security for ourselves and our families. We want clean water. We want affordable housing, right? We want a government that's responsive to the needs of the people, and we want a level, fair playing field for all souls concerned. I don't think that's too much to ask for. We simply need to want it, and want it enough to make it happen. But it all begins as a dream. Our producer on this episode of LeVar Burton Reads is Julia Marie Smith. She's the best in the business, y'all. Our researcher, Lakeisha Lewis. So glad you are aboard, my sister. Editing and sound design by Andy Kristen's daughter, Journeyman on the Move. And we have editing support from Tamika Weatherspoon and Harry Huggins, the new, new kids on the block. My big thanks today to Sarah Gailey for allowing me to read their story. If you enjoyed this, check out some of Sarah's other work, like their novels Magic for Liars and The Echo Wife, both of which are out now, or pre-order their forthcoming novel, Just like home. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend, why don't you? Pick your favorite story and send it to them. And hey, you can hear episodes ad-free if you like and also listen to exclusive bonus author interviews on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash LeVar to start your free trial. LeVar Burton Reads is a production of Stitcher and LeVar Burton Entertainment. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana and yours truly, LeVar Burton. And I am LeVar Burton. You can find me on Twitter, at LeVar Burton, and LeVar.Burton on Instagram. LeVarBurton.com is my corner of the interwebs. I'll see you next time, but you don't have to take my word for it. Stitcher. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. 
You don't have to hide how you feel. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.